Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for March 5th, 2023, the second Sunday in Lent, year A. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you? I'm a little horse. I might even be a colt. But I was gonna, I was gonna say, <laughs> are you dream of one day being a big horse? <laughs> I want to be a pony. Uh, Don't we then all? all? Then all the girls will like me. Uh, yeah, yeah, finally. But uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but I'm feeling fine. Just the voice is weird, so that's what it is. Hey, that's all right. It gives it gives you a chance to uh, to break out your uh, your. Your radio voice, just give it, just lean into the gravel, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, you're so, just so much better than mine. <laughs> so from here on out, we're going to give, you know, a gravel voice uh, uh, <laughs> podcast. And I'm not sure how that translates on uh, on, on people's ears. So apology if, if that was grating. Um, <laughs> Sounded good on my end of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, it is the season for, for, uh, Allergies. allergies and colds to be kicking our butts and it seems to be what is going on for a lot of people which kind of stinks uh but um but yeah we're we're uh we're, we're in the middle of it we're in march we're in march uh by oh, the that's time right. this, by the time this comes out uh uh it'll be the the last day of february but um you know chances are you're listening to this in march so uh it's a uh, it's it's wild that we're this far along uh, and and into Lent. This will be our second Sunday in Lent already. So. And I got to say, I feel like I've not had enough snow to call it a winter. But yeah, not this year. Not this beyond year. Beyond my control. That's right. That's right. But uh, so so what what all do we have going on in the church uh, that we want to uh, plug? We've got uh, this Saturday. We have a, a, a Lenten walk. Right. Right. Um, and when it well whatever whenever you're listening to this wednesday evenings through lent we have the ashes to hallelujah programs mm-hmm. um and if you're listening early enough that you can go march 1st i'm presenting on lenten traditions Ooh, cool yeah cool cool i i i would ask questions but i don't want you to give away any of the uh the the, the good information yeah, and I already did one tirade about the lack of hot cross buns, but so I won't repeat that here. <laughs> there is a decided lack of uh, hot cross buns. Yes, right. This is, and there's this, just no reason for it. No, this needs to be remedied <laughs> ASAP. Um, you know, if if there's a reason why bad things happen in the world, it's because there's not enough hot cross buns. R- right. I mean, clearly, clearly, Cle- clearly. Um, uh yeah so I, but uh we've got uh do, do we have anything else uh coming up uh on the calendar anything i know we got 33 and a third coming yeah it, it is this sunday right this it's, sunday it's the fifth okay and we're we're doing a paul simon album and i don't i love so many of them I, so many of paul simon's albums i'm mm-hmm. not going to try to do by memory which one it is but it's gotcha. a good one because they all and it's it's a seven o'clock right yeah okay perfect very very good very good um and uh, uh i guess we would just uh, promote uh visiting our website for everything else that's going on uh, yeah there, holy family again, there fishers. is a lot yeah there really is uh holyfamilyfishers.org uh so uh, lots of stuff going on uh feel free to hop over there and see what's coming up uh and uh but in the meantime Let's go see uh, what has happened this day in church history, March 5th in church history. We go all the way back to 310 uh, AD. Christian witness Adrianus is thrown to a lion in Palestine and afterwards slain with the sword, which is an interesting series of events. So he was thrown in into a lion's den and but then well. like. What like what, Daniel what, did or or and, what, what year is it? Uh, Three ten. Yeah, so that almost certainly was for entertainment value. Sure. So it wouldn't have been thrown into a, a, a lion's den like a cage. It probably was thrown onto the floor of the local coliseum right. and be mauled for a while, and then 
when people want to see even more blood was killed by the sword. And okay. All right. All right. I wasn't sure if that implied he defeated the lion in the Colosseum or, or what? Well, the, the, the feeding Christians to wild beasts and such took place all over the empire. And one of the interesting things that the Romans did was whenever they took over a territory and wanted to, in their mind, civilize it, they built baths, public baths, and um, a coliseum for Hmm. shows, sporting events, and spectacles like gladiator fights. Interesting. Watching humans try to survive against terrible animals and stuff. Just crazy. That's just crazy. Uh, that's, uh, that's where the old saying bread and circuses comes from. That if you give I, the people um, bread and circuses, you can easily conquer them and they'll be happy. I don't think I've heard that phrase before. I'm old. I remember the Romans <laughs> saying it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't mean to imply such things, but uh... it, it's been used okay. as a description of um, populist politics. Uh, okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. That makes sense. Um, well, our next entry here uh, comes from four ninety three, and I, I'm sometimes we have entries that just make you wonder who <laughs> wrote it. Uh-huh. Because I'm going to, this is exactly what it says. Archbishop John sallies forth from Ravenna with crosses, <laughs> the gospels, and a retinue of monks falling at the feet of Theodoric and suing for peace, which the invader grants. Um, so uh, you might have gotten a little distracted by the sallies forth. Uh, I did. <laughs> but uh, uh, so he, uh, he, he approached uh Theodoric, who uh, Theodor, which is who's Theodoric the Goth, apparently, because I looked it up. Oh, like, who is this? Good. Who's this guy? Um, who's the invader? I guess uh, in 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 the lands, and uh, uh, coming up from Ravenna, the Archbishop uh, with crosses, the Gospels, and a retinue of monks uh, uh, seeks peace, and the invader does. Uh, I guess uh, just it doesn't really say that. Well, I mean, it says that he grants it. <laughs> oh, okay. He does grant it. Okay. I was not yeah, sure if he was yeah. the next one to be thrown to the lions. <laughs> <laughs> two days later. That's two oh, days look, later. look. Uber anyway. delivered us a bishop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Uh, definitely could have gone that way, I, I suppose. Um, in uh, 15, much later, a thousand years later, 15, uh, 1518, Erasmus sends a copy of Martin Luther's uh, 95 thesis to Sir Thomas More, a vigorous opponent of the Protestant Reformation. So uh, the promulgation of uh, Martin Luther's uh, thesis there, uh, which is interesting. Uh, 1526 Zurich authorities commence a trial, which eventuates in sentences of life imprisonment for the Anabaptist Conrad Grebel Felix Mons and George Blaruch. I'm sure I'm butchering those names. Two weeks later, the three managed to escape, however, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. Um, of course, the I guess it's Zurich. So uh, it, it, it's Zurich. So they were, I, I guess, uh, the Swiss were very. <laughs> Wait, they left? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think at that era they were that neutral. <laughs> All right, maybe not, maybe not. But for the purposes of my joke, I thought it was funny. It um, was. <laughs> uh, 1687, Hungarian officials behead and quarter Zygmunt Zimmerman, Caspar uh, Roscher, Andreas Zecker, or, 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 yeah, I think that's how you would say that, Zecker, and Franz Baranier uh, in Asperges, uh, which is in S- Slovakia, a com- in a complex political situation Animosity to oppressive Habsburg policies had led to a revolt after which Catholic leaders of the Holy Roman Empire cracked down on all opposition, cruelly oppressing Protestants and their pastors and inspiring another revolt. These four are the first to die as martyrs when the second revolt was quelled in Asperges. Okay. 
that so one actually explained everything. <laughs> yes, it sure did. It, it went into there was and there was no sallying forth or or anything. Uh, yeah. So kind of kind of an interesting, interesting one there. And it uh, shows that Christians were just as capable as being barbaric as the ancient Romans were, since they, these poor people were drawn and quartered and beheaded and made fun of and all sorts of things. Right, right. Uh, 1708, death in London of Bishop William Beveridge. He had, uh, uh, he had a great brewery. No, <laughs> right, right. That's Beveridge, R-A-D-G-E. Oh, okay. But yeah, when you say it, it, it it's Beveridge. Uh, so he had preached profoundly and lived peaceably amid the controversies of his day. He will be remembered for his book, Private Thoughts Upon uh, Religion and a Christian Life, which was published in uh, 1713 after his death. Uh, it sets forth resolutions such as, quote, I am resolved by the grace of God to be always exercising my thoughts upon good objects, that the devil may not exercise them upon bad. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 1797, Henry Knott and a large missionary pottery, uh, par- pottery, a large <laughs> missionary party, which includes artisans, arrive at Tahiti's Matavia Hence Bay. It's the pottery. Okay, now I get it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, sponsored by the London Missionary Society, which I, I think that's the first time I've ever heard that group mentioned before. They are to settle on the islands of Tahiti, Tonga, and the, the Marquesas uh, to teach the gospel and useful arts. Man, that sounds wonderful, actually. Uh, while, <laughs> while the others die, go mad, or desert, <laughs> not remains steady. And then this is how it ends. This is how it ends. It will be 22 years before he sees his first convert. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. On all Imagine sorts doing of levels. <laughs> something for 22 years before you see what you, anything that re- resembles what you would mark as progress. Yeah. On the other hand, if you're doing that in Tahiti, not a bad gig. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Well, I oh, could well, go back to London. We'll get I'll around keep trying. to. <laughs> we'll get around to converting later. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, uh, eighteen ninety nine. I like this one. Evangelist Sam Jones opens a crusade in Toledo, Ohio, where the mayor is also named Sam Jones. The mayor welcomes the publicity until Jones says, if the devil were mayor of Toledo, he wouldn't change a thing. Oh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Nonetheless, Mayor Jones will be reelected by a wide margin. So, um, I don't know. Well, that, that was just kind of a, a nice, goofy little mark of history that will never show know, up right? on Isn't any that wild. It'll never show up on any final, but it's, <laughs> it's wonderfully goofy. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, uh, And then finally, 1977, we see uh, death in Nigeria of James Tamanola uh, Ayorande, uh, who had been a Baptist pastor, chairman of the Nigerian Broadcasting Corporation and a respected and beloved leader of the Baptist World Alliance. Uh, So um, we see we we see the passing of uh, someone who did a lot of good in the world and and did it outside of Tahiti. Yes, that sounds like he got to have a, a blessedly long life and die of natural causes since we yeah. didn't get any special effects. Yeah, with there's, that no, one. there's no color commentary there for, for yeah. that one. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, so, yeah. So that's uh, those are the events for this our, uh, this day in church history, March 5th. And uh, we'll go over to our first reading for the day. Our first reading from the day comes from Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 4a. Nice and short and sweet. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Um, so this is... Uh, this is post 
name change? No, no. this is this this is pre name change. Yeah, he's it's still the short form. He's still Abram. Yeah. Um, even though clearly this seems to be, uh, kind of a blessing already, right? I mean, it's the beginning of it. Yeah. Okay. Is this the? It, do, does he later get a uh, uh, name changed yeah. in this chapter? Okay. Oh, not in this chapter. No. Just um, later. Couple takes a couple more chapters. Okay. Interesting. And, until chapter seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And um, it's almost kind of like a throwaway line. Like, all right, so he leaves, and Lot went with him. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, Lot is, is, is following Abram a lot around. I th think it would be fair to say that most people would know the name Lot from the story about his wife yeah. turning into a pillar of salt, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, when she turns and looks back at the destruction of, I forget which city it technically is, or if it's both, uh, cities. Yeah. I forget if it was Sodom or Gomorrah or both off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, so, but this is this is pre pillar of salt lot. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, look. Uh, you know, it was so sad after that happened because you know his buddies would say, "Hey, lot, how about some margaritas?" Oops, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is before lot had to go through all that. <laughs> Well, technically, the marriage was never annulled because, uh, uh, I mean, it, being turned to a pillar of salt is just this different state of being. It's not death and death is what parts them. So, yeah, you got to wait it out. You're not an attorney yourself, right? <laughs> right. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, definitely not an attorney. Um, so so what is what is happening What's right. the point? Yeah. <laughs> sure, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, I was going to just simply ask uh, what, what's happening here. What's the context within this, uh, this story? Because obviously we're, we're hearing this promise that he's going to make a great nation. But um, is there, is, is, are there, are there more context uh, outside of just God appearing to Abram? Like what, what all's going on uh, in the story that, then sees um, Abram leave his country. Well, yeah, that's that's a big part of it. This is the first time that God speaks to Abram. Okay. So we just finished with a chapter of begats, and so we now know who Abram is, how we how many generations um, since Noah, and. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that God tells Abram is leave. Huh. And that's a big deal back then. You know, it's not like, oh, yeah, you know, you're going off to college. Time to give up your room at mom and dad's. Right. You know, you know this was still when the cultures of the Middle East were very strong on multi-generational households and the obligations mm -hmm. of the adult children to take care of elderly parents and all those types of things. Um, so the prospect of moving was daunting, daunting and, and countercultural. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it's as happens so often in the scriptures, here we are one of the openings, um, quote unquote, you know, sort of modernish scenes and we're past the ark and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and God's telling Abram to ignore all the rules and leave his, leave his household, leave his home, hmm. Hmm. leave your country. I mean, that's, that's even something today that people have trouble with. Understandably, it's not an easy thing, but mm -hmm. if, um, you know, everyone who wanted to be a Christian had to leave whatever their country was and go to a different one as part of that process, you know, we might as well be in Tahiti or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, look, if I got a call from God that said, you know, hey, you got to go to Tahiti. I, I mean, <laughs> look, you get <laughs> we don't get to choose such things. I mean, you know, 
clearly. Yeah. <laughs> you have to follow. Predestined. <laughs> I don't believe in predestination unless it's that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, and it's the beginning. No, not the beginning, but it's the next step in the covenant relationship between God and God's people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of the interesting things is um, throughout the book of Genesis and the other opening books of the Hebrew scriptures, a repeated theme is you have to leave your country. You have mm. to leave your kin. Um, and, and I almost wonder, no, I do wonder, obviously, because I'm saying it. If, as we have today, it was so hard for people to give up what they thought were natural alliances and right. obvious teachings that God really had to just take them out of everything they knew so that they could get a fresh start and live a holy life. Hmm. Yeah. I, I suppose that would be one of my questions is like, is a lot of times as, as readers, you know, thousands of years later, we'll read something and be like, Oh, well, you know, this makes sense for God to, to ask for such things. And here's the reason why is there, is there a, 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 you know, one of those kinds of things as you look, as you look at this passage and be like, Oh, here's the, you know, a good reason why God would want him to just uproot himself and his entire family and, and leave. Um, because it kind of does, I mean, like just in the context of reading this verse, it just doesn't seem like it, it seems almost arbitrary. Like, Hey, wait, why do you want me to do this? Um, well, there's, there's been lots of speculation about this. And since particular about the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Hard to believe. Wait. Um, and in verse 10, there begins the description of a famine in the land, but it's not, uh-huh. but it's not clear whether it's the land it's not clear how far Abraham's gotten in these since he got this direction. So we don't really know. Well, no, we truly don't know if God was pulling Abraham out of his ancestors land to escape the famine, or mm-hmm. if Abraham had traveled a while and now was in a land that was beginning to experience a famine. And so God sent, because what happens is God then sends him to Egypt uh, okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. That makes some sense then. So I, I think the, um, writers, editors, tradition, passers of, um, Genesis, and there are multiple on all of those really don't think it's any of our business to try to figure out why God said this in terms of, it wasn't a practical thing. It was, a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if Abraham said no to this, it would be, okay, I'm going to have to find someone else to be the parent of the people. And that's fair, right? That's a, that's, I, I, yeah. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. I get that. Um, anything else about this passage? It's really, really short. So it's kind of almost, you're almost worried that you're missing something. Well, it's packed. So yes. Um, so so we are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so since we didn't get past verse one, because uh, <laughs> two is the the promise of God to Abram as to what God will do if because mm-hmm. this is a covenant. So each person in a covenant says what they will do for the other person. Oh, okay. So Abraham, if he does the the leaving of of home and family, well then God will make you will make him a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that mm-hmm. you will be a blessing. So that that's the fir- the first covenant with Abraham. Still okay. still Abram. And then it goes further and you, you and I have talked many times about blesses and curses. Right. There's only a blessing. So 
Huh. That's that's how cool God is. So it's it, abnormal in that uh, it's like, yeah. uh, wait, isn't there like a the what, you know what, the thread what, of gotta not be, falling through with this? There's got to be a catch. What's the catch? Right. In, instead, verse three is the blessings, where God says, "I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse." And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Yeah, so it would expect that. And if you don't do this, then all of your heritage <laughs> will have six toes. Right. Yeah. And woe will, woe will come to you in, in yeah. such a late hour of your life. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. But that's one of the well, remarkable that's... things. Again, God breaking the cultural rules. It's like, nope, I'm all generosity. Hmm. I mean, I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, then, if there's nothing else, let's move on to our psalm for the yes. day. Psalm 121. Uh, one of these beautiful uh, eight-verse psalms. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Um... Kind of like a, you know, kind of has like a, uh, almost like a, a bedtime prayer kind of vibe. Can be, uh, yeah. To it, which uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure that's correct for the, you know, kind of like a now I lay me down to sleep kind of a <laughs> kind of a thing. But that, that's um, that's a possible interpretation. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, and then. Uh, um I lift my eyes to the hills. Uh, I feel like there's like a cultural context that can kind of be overlooked uh, uh, here. Is there what's what's going on with that line? Because that I, I kind of feel like it's like, oh well, you know, in Jerusalem, or I, I don't know. I'm, I'm right. just, I just feel like there's kind of a a thing. <laughs> there's a thing. <laughs> okay. And okay, this for Psalm. 120 to Psalm 134 um, all have a subtitle, A Song of Ascents, as in climbing. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and so what many, many scholars think is that these, <laughs> these are all short psalms, easily memorized, that people would recite while they're on pilgrimage to on Jerusalem. Pilgr pilgrimage, okay. And Jerusalem is in the hills. Um, as people approached it, they come from, like if they are coming from the coming from the east, so from mm -hmm. the Mediterranean, they'd be at sea level, and then they'd see ahead of them the um, hills of Jerusalem, which I want to say are about fifteen hundred feet, but I may be totally off on that. But anyway, mm. you're on foot. It's a hike to get up the hill. I mean, if you if you could see my hands moving now, you'd see they're going up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so there are a number of, <clears throat> well, there are these 14 Psalms that are short, easily memorized. And mm -hmm. the and the groups of pilgrims would be reciting them together as they made that climb. Interesting. Okay. And so this one probably, since I lift up my eyes to the hills, they were probably just beginning to see um, the rise of the land. Gotcha. That makes that makes some sense then. Um, what about this uh, line? The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Like what? Let's see. What, what's what's going on? What's going on there? It's a it's a uh, verse five. Uh, five. Mm -hmm. Um, bless you. Thank you. We really should say that when people cough as much as sneeze. Yeah. 
Um, well, okay. I, I am. Yeah, in the Hebrew, that's that's what it is. Um, hmm. So I think it's just like protect being um, a comfort because um, it is most of the time of the year in the Mediterranean climate. If you're walking in the middle of the day, it's hot. Right, right. And so, you know, having, yeah, having, so probably, okay, this is just um, ad-libbing on my part that sure. the right hand was considered the most important hand. You know, you, right. you're, you're my right hand man. Right. Take that, lefties. Good. <laughs> um, but hey, if you're a lefty, learn to pitch a curveball and you are made for life financially. That's right. Isn't that the truth, though? But don't be Isn't a catcher. Isn't that the truth? You're stuck. <laughs> yes, it's spring training. I'm happy. Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. So, ha so what I picture is a servant walking at your, a trusted servant walking mm -hmm. at your right side with um, a shade parasol umbrella. I gotcha. Okay. So that yeah, as, yeah. as you move along, the shade follows you. Um, it does kind of also beg a question. The next line here, uh, because the first part of the line makes sense. The sun shall not strike you by day. And that kind of evokes some imagery that, you know, makes some sense, right? Being yeah. struck by the sun is kind of like, oh yeah, I've, I've been in that heat. I, I know what you mean. Um, but nor the moon by night. Uh, I don't can't say that I've ever been struck by the moon uh, at night. What does what does that line mean? Okay, I am checking a footnote that I've never that I have not read before. <laughs> Okay, most people, most scholars think it's just to make a poetic parallel with the sun at day. Okay, okay. Um, so that it's clear that God's care for these pilgrims is night and day, or while you're saying your bedtime prayers, it's, it's gotcha. day and night, night and day. Um, in, yeah, I'll put it this way. In superstitious times, it's been seen as reinforcing human constructs about moonlight being cursed oh so it, it it saves you from the werewolves i could see that because yeah they, we, we did have quite a bit of that didn't we yeah <laughs> and you so look at, you like it what the popular fictional shows and movies are we still enjoy that kind of ooh. oh sure <laughs> sure 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 yeah we do um for sure we do um the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep you. You're going out and you're coming in. I feel like we've had a, a comment before about a line similar to that. And like maybe the meaning behind it. Uh, uh, you're, you're coming out and you're going, you're going out and you're coming in. Um, Cause it kind of implies like of, of what, what are, what are you, what are you going out of and coming in to, or is that just a phrase that means like, Hither and yon. All day long. Hither, yeah, I, I gotcha. Okay. So, something like that. Sort of. Is, but also in Deuteronomy, there's the passage about as you go in and as you go out, re remember these things about God. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, the Shema. Um, Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Um, and then the passage goes on to say, you shall... Put this on your doorpost so that with your coming out and your going in, you will be reminded. <clears throat> so gotcha. We, so it's part of the literally the everyday covenant we are to carry with God. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense then. Yeah. So as you're um, going, going through your daily business, you remember God, you pray with God, you draw upon God for everything you need. Hmm. Got it. Uh, anything else about this passage? I feel like uh, there's. I feel like it's relatively straightforward, actually, this time. 
Now that you've answered all my other questions. Well, there's one um, speculation that verses one and two are one voice and the rest is a responding voice. Oh, like a call and response kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. The verse one and two, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And then three is he will not let your foot be that from there on, it's someone who is teaching the questioner, the nuances of what the questioner has already come to realize. My help comes from the Lord and the responders. Yeah. Well, let your foot be moved. Um, He doesn't slumber Mm. and sleep. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, It'd be, I've never heard anyone do it. Doesn't mean probably thousands of people have done it. It would be interesting to hear a choir do this in parts with. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, so that it's cl- it, just to pull out more of the meaning of it. Yeah, no, that would be cool. Yeah, so get Bethany in here and do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. On our way. Hold on. Just one second. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that, that's cool. Okay. I gotcha. Uh, anything else about the Psalm? I think that's it for now. I gotcha. Good, 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 good. Well then let's move on to our, uh, reading for the day. Uh, our reading, uh, we've got a choice here. Uh, so, uh, we'll take, we'll put up a quick, uh, online poll. Uh, we could either read the same story from Matthew about, uh, 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 Jesus taking Peter and James and his brother, John, and leading them up to the mountain and seeing Moses and Elijah, which we did just the other week, or, uh, we could do John three, uh, verses one through 17. So let's, uh, tally up those votes. Yep. All right. We're going to do John. Um, (laughs) John chapter three, verse one through 17. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, How can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I read this passage and if I'm able to disconnect my brain from <laughs> all the other teachings that, you know, come from, uh, especially uh, the new Testament, which talks about, you know, baptism and the spirit and a whole bunch of things. If I, if I'm Nicodemus, I'm kind of right, right there with them. How can these things be? These some of this, these statements seem so like hard to interpret and to understand what he's actually saying. Or am I am I crazy in that? Like, is, is no. Would 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 
readers during this period of time when they when if they were to just read this uh if this were like a pamphlet being handed out uh, <laughs> while jesus was doing his ministry and they had no other context clues at all would this make sense to them no okay <laughs> So is he just picking on Nicodemus, poor Nicodemus, uh, or uh, has he done something to deserve a little bit of uh, Christ's ire or what's going on here? Well, what happened, excuse me, what happens in the Gospel of John is, yeah, as they say, Jesus is a little ruder, a little more direct, Mm -hmm. and yet also a lot less clear in what he says. Okay. See, in the other Gospels, Jesus often answers a question that was not asked, turns the question mm. sideways to, to answer the question he wants to answer. In John, people ask him a question, and he basically just completely disregards it and goes with what he wants to say. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Because, well, and in fact... I know people like that. Yeah. And actually, in fact... um, Okay, we look at verse 2 here. Um, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And it says, Mm -hmm. Jesus answered him, which technically, yes, he's answering him, but... There's no question that's been asked. Right, right. So it's a little odd that that that's the term used. Um, I'm just double checking. Okay, it would have been better if the Greek, simpler Greek had been used, which was simply respond. Um, Yeah, okay. But that's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's John for you. <laughs> yeah. So, in in the Gospel of John, there's a great disdain for physical miracles. Okay. Jesus does them. I think it's five altogether. Many fewer than in the first three Gospels, and it's really looked down upon when people need the need the miracles in order to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And many think that's because the gospel of John was written as the written down last. And therefore most of the people, if not all the people who'd be hearing it would never have seen mir- a miracle done by Jesus. And so the gospels again and again, reassuring them that their faith is even better. Gotcha. Than the people they're hearing about in the Gospels. Um, and so it starts here with Nicodemus saying, um, you know, we can tell you come from God because no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Um, and basically Jesus, well, what he doesn't say is that doesn't matter because then he says no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Right, you know, could see Nicodemus kind of going, "Wait, what does that have to do with the signs?" (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. It's kind of kind of interesting. And another unfortunate translation is that term "above." Mm -hmm. We have, you know, in retrospect, it makes sense to us because of how we picture where God is, even though that's not accurate and where heaven is, even though that's not really accurate, but above. Yeah. Right. That, Cause it, it, it can just as accurately be translated as a new. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I was like, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I was kind of struck by uh, um, right before those lines, actually. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. And then it follows this this kind of pattern, but then doesn't kind of finish. Uh, what is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. It is is 
what is born of the water not water or like uh <laughs> i mean we just had you know uh so I, i'm curious as to um being being born of water and spirit implies very heavily baptism right um is uh uh is the translation here um actually the word for baptism or are they going the the, he's goes the more poetic route of water with implications (laughs) um which is going to be the new way i refer to baptism um (laughs) (laughs) it 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 can be it's water um but the greek term for water sometimes is uh figurative I can't think Wait. of a, it. It's I was a, gonna say, like, give me an example of that. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I, I understand. Yeah, and I'm. Tr- this is a really poor example. I wish I could come up with a better one. Um, <clears throat> if I say, I can say there's a lot of water in that soup, and mm-hmm. we think of oh, someone poured water in it. I could say that soup is watery. And we don't really know if it's because someone poured a lot of water in it or a lot of tomato juice or what. So that it's kind of, and again, that's a very bad example. I'm trying to think of a, <laughs> it, it really should be something that's physical, literal, practical, like water. And then something mm-hmm. that's really poetic. Like, okay. you know, it, it's, as, it's as if water and, it's as if in, in English, water could mean water or it could mean love. Oh, oh, okay. It's, it's, in Greek, it was used figuratively for various things. So, it, uh, but it was used figuratively for various things. So the, the listeners or readers to John's gospel in Greek would say, I wonder what aspect of, hydros which is mm-hmm. the, the great term i wonder what jesus was really saying with that i mean because here it sounds mm. sounds very physical oh water right yeah it could be the um birth water when someone is born from the womb or it could be water that venus arose out of um but the the possibilities in greek are much much wider gotcha okay and one of the things this passage has over and over is expand your mind expand the possibilities hmm hmm so yeah he um uh so we do have this this uh understandable misunderstanding (laughs) um (laughs) yeah and then, and then we go into something that I feel is like a chastisement. Um, uh, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we've seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. So this, I'm not, I feel like this is one of those examples where someone's talking uh, and, and the other person that's being talked to is like, Oh, you're you're talking like past me, through me. You're not. This isn't me, Nicodemus. Me. This is like me, the Pharisees. Me, like uh, calling out my group. Is that is that about right? Like uh, not the Pharisees yes have no. been ignoring our testimony, or is, or is it just like uh, oh no, like uh, you as a as a regular person. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at some Greek and got. Went down a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> happens, back. happens. Um, one of the interesting things in John is that the Pharisees are not a single body. Mm-hmm. And that way they're historically more accurately portrayed. Where Nicodemus in John is basically a believer in Jesus. And gotcha. so... He's he's now getting the advanced teaching from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of what 
is being said here is, okay, Nicodemus, you've had the training, you have the the role of teacher, mm-hmm. but now you need, in order to really understand, you have to believe in how I am to, you have to believe what I'm telling you about how God works. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got that. Um, no one has ascended. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And I was just going to say just before that verse you're about to start with, um, verse 12, if I've told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? And one of the, the, there are some people, and I'm not, I'm not completely of this camp, believe this is a joke. Oh, okay. Because Jesus hasn't told them anything about earthly things. (laughs) That's okay. That's a, I mean, yeah, that's Either that or we've exploded Nicodemus's head. And they just right. like, and we can't even agree on what birth means. How can you say we're talking about <laughs> earthly things? Yeah, no, that's uh that's that's a good point. That's a that's that's very true. But it's also just as likely, if not more so, that because Nicodemus seems to be very familiar with Jesus, that mm-hmm he had been hearing Jesus talk about earthly things on other occasions. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then we have this, uh, we have this, uh, uh, statement, which is, uh, I mean, kind of just flat wrong. Um, no one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven. But one of our alternate readings here is, uh, uh, when, he meets Elijah. Elijah's ascended to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Now I'm going to disappear down my Greek. Not for me, to, not for me to call Jesus wrong. Uh, maybe I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm more calling John incorrect. Uh, <laughs> that couldn't be what he said. Um, of course, I don't know where in, uh, is John the one that doesn't, did John not have the transformation? Correct. Yeah. So okay. So uh, so John's Jesus didn't uh, just meet Elijah. So um, maybe that's uh, the difference there. Well, yeah. I mean, I have to admit, it's one of these things where if yeah, for folks that are very, not even very, just somewhat aware of the Elijah narrative. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. And so for, for some scholars to say, okay, this, this shows that the author of John really was not very Jewish. Hmm. And basically saying, no, Jesus didn't say this, but on the other hand, Jesus in this passage is speaking in such hugely figurative ways that you know i i think we're 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 misinterpreting it by trying to make it so literal gotcha which makes sense i mean yeah because you know in the synoptic gospels angels are relatively common and right at least most folks understanding says yeah angels are messengers from god so they go up and down all the time right right yeah um Hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see why this would create uh, a fair amount of uh, discussion. Uh, I think. Um, yeah. Um, and it's also he also does this. I'm just struck as, as to by, by how odd some of this language is, because even the next line, and just as Moses lifted up the ser- serpent in the wilderness. So must the Son of Man be lifted up. What? <laughs> you want to be? I mean, there's this expectation that you're going to be lifted up like Moses's the serpent. In then I don't understand I, even the 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 
imagery that is trying to be evoked here. Like, uh, I don't know, carefully <laughs> with, I don't, with with faith. I don't, I don't, I don't get what uh, I don't, I don't get what what, what is was happening here. <laughs> Any help? Any help at all? <laughs> yes, my son. I will not leave you hanging. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, <laughs> I just want to make sure I get to the right chapter and verse which of course I did not first try um, but what it's referring to is Jesus being crucified yeah no I, I mean I get I get that part so so must the son of man be lifted up but you know Moses didn't crucify the serpent uh, or at least that's not the story I remember well okay here it is the people complained to Moses, once again, the people complained mm -hmm. to Moses that they were being bothered by the snakes. Um, that's my summary, not translation. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, make a poisonous serpent, set it on a spike, and everyone who is who's bitten shall look at it and live. Oh, now see, okay. Uh, the story that i was thinking of is it was different okay and so that explains it goes on so moses made a serpent of bronze and put it up, uh, up upon a pole and whenever a serpent bit anyone that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live okay yeah no i was totally thinking about uh the um for lack of a uh, of a better term the the magic tricks that the uh that 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 were done in front of Pharaoh oh, okay. with the staffs turning into serpents. Okay. Okay. So that's just me being, you know, a bad Christian, not knowing the story. <laughs> I got it. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> and that can't help, but notice you didn't say no to the bad Christian part. <laughs> happens to, we're all bad Christians <laughs> and good Christians. <laughs> um, but okay. Okay. So that, that makes sense. All right. That that makes more sense than I was thinking of. Man, I really totally forgot about that part of his story. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of funny that I it, like that one just went over well, my head. Gave us a chance to talk about it now. There you go. There you go. And um, because one of the things that will happen again and again in John is Jesus mm -hmm. talking about being lifted up. And gotcha. a lot of Christians think that that's the ascension of Jesus, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's, but in John, it's the crucifixion of Jesus. Gotcha. And so what he's saying here is that when people look upon the cross there, they will be saved. Gotcha. It's one of the more, okay. it's one of the more literal things that Jesus teaches in John. Well, well, yeah. I mean, even in this passage alone, it's, one of the few literal remarks. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess, I guess I'm happy for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, struggling with this one, man. Um, well, and what we haven't even said, this is only the beginning of chapter three. And we still, true. I mean, John is really complicated. <laughs> Yes, yes. Putting it mildly, yes. Uh, complicated. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 really the the first set of teachings from Jesus directly in the Gospel of John. So mm. this is the introductory course, and it is hard. Yeah, uh, one can understand because if I'm not mistaken, uh, doesn't Jesus uh, or doesn't Nicodemus uh, walk away from this story? you know, dejected because uh, isn't the one of the other remarks that he has to sell all his things and he was no, a wealthy man. That's a, that's a different guy. Okay. All right. All right. And, that's a different and he guy just, who must be born again. Yeah. Um, and that's, I want to say in the gospel of Matthew, it might be more than one of the synoptic gospels, but again, okay. but yeah, that, again, that's one of those relatively simple teachings by Jesus. So it's not going to be in John. <laughs> 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 got it got it that makes sense that makes some sense um and then of course we have you know the most famous uh and probably widely quoted 
Bible verse uh, uh, there in the next uh, verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Uh, and uh, followed by my favorite, my, my probable favorite uh, um, uh, shadow verse um, uh, to follow. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but to save that the world might be saved through him. Uh, um, a line that a lot of people who uh, um, might quote the first verse uh, would do well to listen to. Yes, <laughs> that's um, right. But however, uh, it does get overlooked. Uh, it's inconvenient. <laughs> it's very inconvenient. Um, uh, but I guess I suppose, like being like uh, being born of water and spirit, uh, it seems weird and inconvenient. Uh, so yeah. Can... So think of that as you know. That's wrapping up Jesus's first um, masterclass in how to be a Christian. There you go. Well, and with that, I think we'll wrap up this uh, our master class on Lent. Uh, uh, it's all downhill from here. Um, <laughs> no, it's our first our first master class. Uh, uh, really, the first Sunday in Lent was a was was a warm up, but this is the first real master class right here. Um, as always, we want to encourage you to join us uh, on Sundays uh, in worship, either in person, eight and ten o'clock at the at the church, uh, or a ten o'clock service uh, being broadcast live on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos, and uh, with a nine o'clock hour uh, educational hour in between uh, for for all ages. All um, ages. All ages are welcome. And um, uh, lots of things still going on at the church. Visit our website, hfec.org or holyfamilyfishers.org. And until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.